push for mandates and we have watched president biden lose i mean a lot losing in the fifth circuit losing with other judges did they not think that just because they say it uh, there might be a people who'd be like yeah you don't have that authority Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. 833-468-8669. Phil Kirpin joins us right now. He is the mind behind AmericanCommitment.org. Uh, That's where you find Phil Kirpin right there. And he has been taking a look at exactly all the places where Joe Biden has failed. And the question is exactly why have these mandates not been able to pass muster in courts all across the nation? Phil Kirpin joins us right now, AmericanCommitment.org. If I said .com earlier, I apologize. AmericanCommitment.org, and you can learn more there about the contractor vax mandate, which seems to be one of the many that the courts have said, uh, let's not do this. Talk to me about what these courts have been saying about these mandates. Well, uh, first of all, Tony, great to be with you again. Uh, the contractor mandate, uh, lost the case yesterday in uh, in Kentucky, Eastern District of Kentucky. Uh, but the, the the judge there who issued the injunction only issued it for the plaintiff states, and so that one has only been blocked for now in the three plaintiff states in that case, which were Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee. And so the contractor one is still barreling down in all, most of the country. We have national injunctions in place on both the OSHA mandate, which is the broadest one that applies to any company uh, with 100 employees or more, and the CMS mandate, which is the one that applies to healthcare providers. Those have both been uh, enjoined nationally, uh, but the contractor one is still barreling down uh, in 47 states at the moment. Now, the contractor one that says if, if, if you work in an industry or if you work for a business that has a contract with the federal government, in order to keep that contract, you have to get vaccinated uh, in in that society how what is the percentage of workers if you know the number that have said nah i'm not doing it i'd rather lose my job thank you very much well i mean i don't know that we necessarily have uh, percentages and it probably varies a lot by company but you know we do know that the major defense contractors have all said that they're going to lose thousands of mission critical people and of course you know the contractor mandate goes beyond the defense sector because you know every, every sector does business with the federal government so it has reaches into all kinds of different parts of the economy uh, but i think that where there's real urgency is is that defense sector uh, raytheon i know it said they're going to lose thousands of mission critical people there's a big protest outside of ge of uh, employees that are going to leave rather than take the vaccine and so you know on some level it's not even about whether you think the mandates are a good idea or a bad idea in terms of whether you think everyone should have to get vaccinated it's just a practical issue you know do you want to let you know thousands of people lose their jobs over this uh, with the consequences for the economy for national security and so forth and so uh you know i would have said before yesterday that the healthcare sector was probably the most urgent because we had a lot of healthcare facilities that were going to lose you know 20 percent 30 percent of their employees in some uh places for the moment at least that one is on hold nationally uh but the contractor one is still barreling down towards the january 4th effective date so that's that could create a lot of upheaval if uh, if there's no relief before that. 
talking to Phil Kirpin of AmericanCommitment.org. Uh, uh, these can only be seen as big losses for the Biden administration. Big, giant losses in, in every way, shape, or form. Uh, the question is, at what moment does the Biden administration learn that this isn't going to work and that there are judges out there who can clearly see that the, the authority of, of the presidency, of the executive branch, has limits? Well, look, I mean, I think all these cases are going to be decided uh, more than likely at the Supreme Court or at least, you know, one or two, which will kind of be the direction that they all end up going in. Um, so, you know, they, I don't think they're going to give up until they have no truth, until they've lost, until they've exhausted all of their appeals and so forth. But, you know, the other thing that's interesting to me, Tony, is, well, they've had these legal setbacks on three of their five mandates. There are five mandates, the three we've talked about, OSHA, CMS, and contractor, and then the other two are government employees and military, and those have not had uh, any court victories in the challenges against them yet, those other two for government employees and military, but they've also slipped a little bit. The, uh, the Biden administration has eased off a little bit on both of those two as well. They've said they're not going to fire any government employees over not getting vaccinated this year. Now, I know there's only a month left in the year, so that's not necessarily great comfort for those for people who you know are at risk of getting fired, but it still is a significant slippage. They don't want stories about it before the holidays, before Christmas, people getting fired over this. And the military, you know, the different branches all have slightly different approaches on this, but they've all said something like, you know, we're not going to discharge you right away. We're going to prohibit promotions and we're going to, we're going to counsel you, all this kind of stuff. So they've not gone to the mass discharges that just a few weeks ago they said they were going to, at least not yet. And so I think there's a, a an increasing sort of concern in the Biden administration that all of these mandates are sort of generating more backlash maybe than they're worth. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think we might continue to see effective dates punted or slippage on things like even the contractor, Tony, you know, the original version of the contractor one said that your contract would be terminated. You wouldn't be eligible for any additional contracts if you had any employees who weren't vaccinated. They changed that to you need to discipline unvaccinated employees consistent with your employment manual. Well, that's a lot less clear than you got to fire them all. And so I think that all of this stuff is slipping because they became enamored with this polling that they they would ask people, do you think, man, do you think vaccines should be required? And people would say yes. And so they got these big polling numbers. They said, oh, this is popular. But I think what they've discovered is that if you then ask people, well, but do you think people should be fired if they choose not to get a vaccine? People say, oh, no, no, I don't think they should be fired. And so I think that when it actually comes to people losing their jobs, hospitals being understaffed, uh, defense contractors being understaffed. It, it changes the way people think about it, and uh, that's why these mandates are becoming unpopular. And the fact that they've, they've been, uh, you know, found to be illegal in so many of these early decisions, uh, I think just adds to the problems for the administration on all the mandates. Uh, it, it very much I get, I get that whole Syria red line kind of feel. We're going to draw this line in the sand. Don't go past this line. And, of course, they're, you know, immediately it's, it's toes over, uh, over the sand. Uh, but the, the push to getting businesses to do this even without mandates in place, that pressure uh, is where they've had the most success, and and of course I stand opposed to the small businesses engaged in mandates. Although I do believe they have the right uh, to do it, it's their business. They can make decisions, and you can decide whether to work there or not. 
Let's now move it over to where they want to go now. And you heard the stories that they're discussing the idea of mandates for for air travel, that you have to be vaccinated or you'd have to be boosted, test, things like this. You follow the numbers. Not a doctor, but you follow the numbers very well. My question, when I, when I wrote you earlier today, went as follows. Do you have any data on those who have taken boosters and those who have gotten COVID and survived COVID? Meaning, is, do we have proof, data, that shows that the booster actually either prevents COVID or lessens the degree of the symptoms that is quantifiable by an amount of time, amount of days or amount of weeks? You know, we really don't have a great answer to that yet. We know that the uh, we know that after the original two shots, you've got basically you got a couple of weeks that you're very vulnerable. And that's why they don't consider you fully vaccinated until two weeks have passed. Then you've got probably three to five months where you have a very high level of protection. You're unlikely to get infected at all. Uh, and then it wanes pretty dramatically after that. And that's why we've seen so many vaccinated people in the last couple of months that are getting COVID. We, we, have, we know that when you get the booster, it's the same kind of thing. You're probably more vulnerable for a week or two while your immune system reacts to it. Then you probably have you know, at least a few months, we have a very, very high level of protection. And we do have a couple of studies now that show that it bounces back up to, you know, that 90, 95% protection, like the first few months after the original doses. Uh, the question is, does it stay like that longer after the third dose, or does it wane kind of in a similar time frame? And we do not know the answer to that yet, because we're not, we're not far enough into the rolled out on, a, on kind of a mass uh, population level. The first place we'll get answers to that will be Israel because they were the first country to really do a big booster campaign. So that's the data to watch. Uh, and I think we're really going to sort of learn over the next couple of months, uh, you know, whether it lasts longer than the first two shots. But I don't think we really know the answer to that. Yet we continue to push this as if somehow it's a panacea or it's the most necessary thing in in the world, which leads us to as we're watching Omicron, or is it Omicron? I've I've heard it pronounced both ways. I'll leave it to the Greeks. Uh, and we've seen the reaction to this. It, it seems like it's just this. Uh, hey, here's a great opportunity for us to force boosters down people's throats, as opposed to showing that boosters have an efficacy. Uh, uh, my data, what I've reviewed on, on uh, Omicron, uh, simply says, yeah, it's a variant. Yeah, it has many more mutations. There's no more illness that you get. It's extremely mild. It's just another variant in a sea of variants. What have you seen? Well, that certainly is what the uh, what the medical establishment in South Africa is saying, and they're pretty angry that the rest of the world is uh, sort of punishing them for discovering this rather than praising their work, uh, and I, I don't think they got the reaction they expected. Uh, you know, we, we unfortunately, we still need to wait another week or so before I think we'll have a good sense of kind of what the hospitalization rate is with this, and, you know, everyone wants to react quickly, and, you know, the danger, of course, is that you overreact or cause a panic, uh, but, you know, there's a, look, there's a possibility that it's going to end up being, you know, causing severe disease in vulnerable populations. So obviously, the early cases were exceptionally mild, and that's very encouraging, but they were mostly in younger people. And so there's this question, you know, as it gets into older people, is it going to be milder than the previous variants or similar, or is it going to be worse? I don't think we have a great answer to that yet, Tony, although I think it's interesting that, you know, there are up to 50 or 100 cases in Europe and zero severe. 
And so that's pretty interesting. And so we'll continue to watch it over the next week or two. I will say this. You know, I think that there's an, there's an optimistic case, an um, optimistic outlook for what Omicron means. Uh, and it's possible, we don't know yet, but it's possible that this will be the variant we've been waiting for, the one that's sort of the exit variant from this whole thing that's super transmissible enough to displace Delta and become the dominant one, but is mild enough not to cause a lot of severe disease. And if that's what this is, you know, that would be a godsend. But, you know, we don't know yet. And, you know, it might be another bad one ultimately but you know we until we have the data one way or another i think it's very premature to have any kind of panic reaction phil kirpin americancommitment.org follow him on twitter at kirpin k-e-r-p-e-n phil always a pleasure more coming up i'm tony counts